102.7 ESPN Studios in Austin, Texas. This is the Jeff Ward Show. Hey, welcome to our little show. Here's the way it works. I riff on stuff and you react, so get to it. The phone numbers, you'll need them, 512-834-1027. That's 512-834-1027. You want to follow me on Twitter or X or whatever it is this week, do so. It's at Jeff Ward Show. You can also post comments on Twitter or X or whatever it's called this week. If you do so, make the show better. Please don't suck. Bring your A game. That's at Jeff Ward Show. Uh, Make sure you check out the podcast that we post each afternoon. The Jeff Ward Show podcast is available wherever you download your podcasts. Subscribe to it. Also subscribe to the Jeff Ward Show YouTube channel. Uh, The host looks like Shrek sitting in front of a dark wall with graffiti on it, all that stuff. But uh, seems to be doing pretty well. So check it out. We drop uh, the YouTube show each afternoon as well. Just subscribe to it. Um, of course, the commissioner of the NFL got a contract extension. You don't care, but it's a good opportunity for me to rail on the commissioner of the NFL and all that comes with it. So the commissioner, who's been commissioner for several years, his name is Roger Goodell, he's done a masterful job as a puppet for the NFL owners. He's really, really good. I don't know of anyone else who could be as qualified as a puppet for their bosses. So the owners are his bosses. If you ever wonder, I've been through, I've actually played through a strike, well, left when the strike started, (laughs) lost my contract once the strike started. But if you've ever wondered, and I know there's no sympathy on either side, the billionaire owners or the, or the players. I, I'm not saying that you have sympathy for either side. But you do have to understand that the commissioner doesn't work for or with the players. The commissioner of the NFL works for the owners. They pay him. They decide on what he does, what he doesn't do. So it's a pretty one-sided relationship, to say the least. But that's not the point of this. You're not going to care, um, but if you were part of the most powerful cartel on the planet, and yes, I use that term, that's the owners. If you were part of that 32-person powerful cartel, you'd rehire Roger Goodell also. You probably would say to yourself, I don't know that I could find another person who would kiss our ass and be as much of a puppet as the current commissioner of the NFL, you better believe we're going to rehire him. The commissioner, in case you didn't know, has agreed to a contract extension that takes him through, I believe it's 27 or 28. It's going to continue to pay him, because I don't know what the new deal is. It's going to continue to pay him between 35, 35 and $40 million a year. If he were an NFL quarterback... Based on yearly compensation, he would be among the top 10 in compensation. It's a pretty good gig, but to be fair, he's been sitting there as the doofus puppet during the most profitable time of any sports league, probably anywhere on the planet. Business has never been better in professional football, and Roger Goodell, the tool that I think he is, has been there during the biggest growth of all time. So the money's there. 
but he would be one of the highest paid quarterbacks in football if he were a player. Now, I want you to think about what I'm about to say as if the job description were posted to Indeed, LinkedIn. Give me some others. What else is out there? Uh, I don't. I don't know. What, what other job sites are out there? Think of commissioner as a job post. That's what I want you to do. So you'll fully appreciate. Now you can disagree with me, but you'll fully appreciate what exactly it is this guy does. And then, as a conduit to the most powerful cartel on the planet, what a masterful job he's done. Ready? The job description, let's just act as if you were scrolling through at the office, you wanted to leave your job, you wanted to get out of that cubicle if you ever go back to the job, you wanted to get out of your underwear at home in your apartment, you want to find a new job. You're scrolling through. And uh, the job description of the NFL commissioner would read like this. Must be adept. I'm going to try to use job description terms, you know, stuff like that. Um, must be adept at long-winded news conferences with no starting nor ending point, experience needed with organized crime members and law enforcement. A proficiency, that's like a job description word, right? A proficiency in using many words in a monotone way without making any sense. Or having a point or having a direction and the applicant must be skillful at not offending anyone. The job description would go on to say the ability to use the phrase we're looking into that is a must have skill. Just so you know, the commissioner says, I don't care if his hair was on fire. He would say, we're looking into it. Remember several years ago, so bad. It was one of the, Worst handling of a horrific event of any management playbook I can imagine. Remember when the running back for the Baltimore Ravens, Ray Rice, was caught on video punching his fiance in the face on an elevator? Okay? I mean, this has been, we can point out a lot of scandal. A lot of scandal. So I want you to fully appreciate the job description phrase that says, the ability to use the phrase, we're looking into that as a must-have skill. Because I don't care what happens. He's going to say, we're looking into that. And I can run down a list of 15 to 20 major issues that have happened in the football industry. Concussions, um, contract disputes, um, labor negotiations, uh, players' claims on injuries on turf, uh, concussions, uh, assaults. I, I can go down the list. Oh, yeah, and kneeling. Kneeling. Keep that in mind. Okay, so you're looking on, you're scrolling on LinkedIn, you say, man, I want to be the commissioner of the NFL. So you're scrolling through this, and this is what, what you have to do on the job. And you know what? You're not going to be as good at Raj. Raj is really good at this stuff. So the ability to use the phrase, we're looking into that, is a must-have skill. Experience at sucking up to ultra-rich men is a must the candidate must have, I'm making this up, must have at least six years of working closely with private investigators and attorneys and must have experience in non-disclosure agreements and legal settlements. There, there's your job description. Not one of you would be as good as Raj. 
There is no one more qualified for the job I've just described. Not doing anything, not saying anything, and finding a way to cover stuff up, no one is better than Raj. He's so good, he's worth $40 million. What his real job description is, is to protect the cartel. Remember how Michael Cohen was Trump's fix-it guy? Roger Goodell is the Michael Cohen of NFL owners. Now, Michael Cohen, of course, went to jail. Michael Cohen, of course, has written a book and probably hosts a podcast about his time working for Donald Trump. But before he, uh, before he came out, that's what Roger Goodell does and still does. He's the fixer for his bosses. And his bosses are untouchable. They're the, most, the 32 most powerful people on the planet and nothing gets to them. And that's what Roger's job is. I'll give you plenty of examples how nothing gets to them. It would get to you. It would get to anybody else. But it doesn't get to them because Raj is really, really good at saying, boss, what do you need me to do? Like Michael Cohen would do. He'd get Trump out of anything. That's Raj. He's the most qualified person anywhere. The guy got, think about this. Think about all these things that he has done to make him go away. Go away. Make the issue go away. Not solve it. Don't put any sort of management expertise to it. Make it go away, Raj. Got it? The guy got Colin Kaepernick to disappear, mostly. Most people couldn't even tell you. They could tell you all they want to about Colin Kaepernick and kneeling and blah, blah, blah. Very few people could tell you that Colin Kaepernick was set to get a deposition on um, collusion. Do you know, did you hear that? Did you hear that deposition? Did you see that video? Did any of you have any idea what happened with that? That's because Raj said, okay, give me the cash. He'll go away. Now, he didn't kill him. That's what his bosses do. They kill people off. So Raj is like uh, the fixer who doesn't kill off the people. He just gets it to go away every time. And he's good. He got Colin Kaepernick to disappear. He got Dan Snyder, the pervy, corrupt owner of the football team that's in Washington. <laughs> this dude is was a mess. Guess what? He got Dan Snyder to get $6 billion and go away. You know why he got Dan Snyder $6 billion and had to get him to go away? Because he was going to rat out his bosses. You don't, Raj will make sure you don't turn on the cartel. Got it? Um, he got every accuser of Jerry Jones to disappear. And that's a long list. All of them disappear. Jerry, in fact, was the first owner today to be quoted as saying, we got to vote on it, he's coming back, or something like that. Yeah, because everyone that has ever accused Jerry Jones of anything, and seemingly pretty justified, they go away. He found a way, okay, in maybe the most pathetic and despicable way. Raj got in front of it, um, and Raj found a way to spin. You know, he spins because he doesn't say anything. He goes to these news conferences and he just sort of speaks in these monotone in this monotone voice and everyone kind of falls asleep and you have no idea what he said because he's not going to say anything. What it's code for is I will protect the cartel. He found a way to spin the owner of the Patriots nude sex video 
at a place under investigation for human trafficking, by the way, he found a way to get that video, which no one would ever want to see, of the owner of the New England Patriots in a strip mall. He got that to go away. That just went away. You know, if it were a player, it wouldn't go away. If it were a player, they'd be suspended. If it were a player, he would give a speech about conduct and respect and blah, 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 blah. But when it's the owners and they're naked at a place being investigated by the feds, it goes away. Everything goes away. That's why they pay him $40 million. So, oh, he made concussion litigation. And all the sad stories of players, famous players, older players, suffering the effects of concussions, which turned into a book and a movie and blah, 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 they go away, see? Every other candidate for this job would have their own thoughts. Every candidate would have their own moral compass. Not Raj. I I don't think there is a compass in there. The man truly is the ultimate puppet. You couldn't find a greater yes man than Roger Goodell. So he's rehired, and I don't know if the owners, the most powerful cartel in the world, running one of the best businesses in the world, I don't know if they're ever going to be able to find a replacement. I don't know how many different ways you can put that job description that I read out there on LinkedIn or Monster, whatever whatever they are, Indeed. I don't know if they'll ever be able to find a replacement quite like him. Really. He's the fixer in the ultimate way with no conscience, seemingly no conscience, no pulse. He's the ultimate fixer and nobody's better than old Raj. Jeff Ward, weekdays on 102.7 ESPN. Way to go, Smoker Voice. I I saw this story story somewhere. Um, So maybe one half of 1% of you Maybe one half of 1% of everyone that lives in Austin will have any idea what I'm talking about, but follow me here. So the Zilker Zephyr is a train that is in Zilker Park. It's a little train. It's been around for a long, long time. And I, I kid you not, I'm fairly certain I've been on the train 600 times. <laughs> okay, I, got, I have no idea the number. There was a period there with several of my kids that it was the go-to on just about every Saturday morning, and that would include multiple trips on the Zilker Zephyr. And somehow, some way, I don't even know how Austin bureaucracy could screw this up. I don't know where exactly the blame was. The Zilker Zephyr, like everything else that had been here for a while, okay, everything is gone. Everything is gone. Barton Springs is gone. If you didn't know that, and most people don't care, it's gone too. I don't know the name of the new condo tower. I don't even know it's named yet. But if you thought, it's too, going to be too cool out. But if you thought, man, I really want to take some people to Barton Springs, it's gone. Just letting you know, it's not there anymore. So the Zilker Zephyr was a kid's train by with a cute little setup there. It's called the Zephyr. Dude used to wear the hat, uh, drive the train. They take the tickets. It's just a cute kid experience. You kind of need to do it. And it sort of putts around Zilker Park. And when you're running down there, all the kids wave at you. And it's just kind of a cool thing that everyone should do. But then somehow it got screwed up and it got shut down. (laughs) I don't know what happened. Who didn't pay the bills? There was some kind of issue about the track. 
And I'm thinking, how do you let that thing go? So, long story short, it's uh, reported today, uh, there was a story somewhere today, that they're going to bring it back. So, let me run it. I'm not kidding. I think I've said this multiple times through the years, that if there's an issue with ownership, no, I don't really want to invest, but if we needed to raise the money to make sure it looks a certain way, let the Ward family run it. My kids and I will just do the whole thing. They'll have a blast. Uh, I don't know which one. We'll fight over who's going to drive it and stuff like that. Ticket taking, run the little store. I have a Zilker's Ever hat. I think I have multiple Zilker's Ever hats. So I don't know what kind of influence any of you have. I seek no influence. I want no influence. I have no political connections whatsoever. Everybody in politics hates me. So I can't make the move to get the Ward family to run it. But I think we could do a pretty good job. My kids have wanted to paint it anyway. Um, I had several kids that cried during the tunnel thing, but I think they're over that now. So if you have any influence and you read more about this and you think, you know, I can't get any, I can't find anybody to work there. Um, we'll keep the ticket prices the same. They were 15 years ago and I don't know, we'll do GoFundMe and just give us some overalls and let my kids run it. That's it. The Ward family train. It's coming back. Slow as ever, okay? We're not going to go top speed, but, but let us do it. I want you to get ready for this. <laughs> I didn't see this coming early in the morning in the front of the Wall Street Journal, but here you go. And I did say the Wall Street Journal. So, question. Question. If you owned an NFL team, or you're a coach or general manager of an NFL team, would you want your players to participate in the Olympics? Got it? There it is. I wouldn't, but I'm just throwing it out there for all of you. It's a pretty straightforward question. Yes, I said NFL team. It's exactly right. I said football players. Would you want, if you owned it, general manager, coach, whatever, would you want your employees, your star employees, to participate in the Olympics? I don't know if you have a contractual right to stop them, which I think is kind of interesting. That wasn't reported today. I would try to find a way to do it. But if you were an owner, general manager, or head coach, would you want your star quarterback, your star wide receiver, oh, I don't know, your star defensive end for the Dallas Cowboys, would you want that person to participate in the Olympics? Don't say it's harmless. As an agent, I think it's a different argument here. As an agent, I think you might want your client to participate in football in the Olympics in L.A. because of the endorsement opportunities. That's, that's how I think agents and maybe some players look at this already. I mean, Travis Kelsey is probably the first one signed up. He'll have 11 commercials. Do you... If you don't want NFL players in the upcoming L.A. games, where are we going to find our flag football players? Like, where's our team coming from? I can't believe I'm even mentioning this, but it has to be mentioned because, sure enough, there's Patrick Mahomes in the Wall Street Journal talking about Patrick Mahomes <laughs> playing, playing football in the 2028 Olympics in L.A. You know what I would say? No. 
Wall Street Journal, Patrick Mahomes, semicolon, Super Bowl champion, Olympic gold medalist, question mark. Shortly after flag football was added to the 2028 Olympics, organizers also signaled that NFL stars will be able to compete in the games. Man, I hope we win. Gosh, that's going to be tough. (laughs) The National Football League, it's reported, propelled the upstart sport of flag football into the Olympics. Now organizers are opening up the door for the biggest NFL stars to play in the games. Oh, man. No. That's what I would say. No. But there, Micah Parsons is already leading the way. I'm sorry. Do you think the South Korean quarterback can get away from Micah Parsons? You think we're going to do okay? The U.S. already has a men's, didn't know this, did you? A men's national flag football team. That's the, no way. We're number one. Can you believe that? We are number one, according to the Wall Street Journal, in flag football. I, I would like to know if you could do some homework, do some research for me. I'd like to know who's number two, three, four, and five. It is also home, the journal reports, to the planet's best tackle football players, some of who have already hinted they are intrigued by the possibility of playing when its cousin sport arrives in Los Angeles in 2028. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I think a lot of people are going to think it's cool. I think a lot of people are going to think it's funny. If I were coach, owner, general manager, I would not. In fact, I would say... If I have a contractual way, Micah, for you not to do this, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. But, Coach, it's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for a football player to get a gold medal. Yeah. And it's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for you to get paid $300 million. So I don't know who our competition is. I really don't know. I doubt anyone else. I doubt anyone else in the world is playing flag football. Really, I don't think anyone anywhere plays flag football. So do we really need Patrick Mahomes throwing to Tyreek Hill? Tyreek Hill, I will say right now, could be the greatest and most dominating flag football player of all time. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say, he's pretty good in tackle football. But I'm going to say that in flag football, that guy would be ridiculous. And yeah, 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 it'd be kind of fun and cute, I guess, for about five minutes. And then it gets really dumb. And then if somebody happened to roll up on his knee, my head would explode if I were his boss. Do you need Micah Parsons? Because Micah's already said, I'm in. But do you need Micah Parsons chasing down the quarterback of the South Korean team? Do you need? Do you think the secondary of the Indian team can handle Travis Kelsey? Because you know he'll play. He'll do every he'll do every commercial. He'll have a billboard on his back, probably. The reason why star players may be doing it, and yes, Micah Parsons, I think, was the first one in to say that he'll play. By the way, who's gonna block Micah Parsons? Do you have to do is it like uh, you know, two below? Do you have to count to five Mississippi <laughs> before you rush? Does the uh do the lineman because you know you suck in flag football when you're a lineman? You know, you suck, right? That's that's like you're the first kid hit with, in dodgeball. Do they have to keep their hands behind their back? Do you think the uh, the Spanish center can handle Mike Par- Micah Parsons blocking him? I think that's going to go pretty well. <laughs> Does Micah Parsons not have to count to five Mississippi before he rushes? 
If so, I'm going to bet the opponent never gets a pass off. He'll have 40 sacks out of 39, out of 42 plays. I, I would want it. I, I'd try to say no. Now you're going to say, well, but Jeff, I mean, how, how risky is it? It's risky enough. It's risky enough. Here's the catch, though. The NFL, you know, because the NFL, this is part of a bigger marketing effort, and one that I think is in the process of working. The NFL was the one who pushed this to the IOC, another very corrupt organization. Probably supplied them hookers and stuff like that. Um, the NFL is the one who pushed this because they want the game. They wouldn't broaden the base of the game so they can sell more stuff. Owners want to sell jerseys all over the world. They don't want the knockoff jerseys to be all over the planet. They want to own, they want to own those markets so they can sell the stuff. They also want the worldwide broadcast rights. They want money. So this is a probably a decent strategy to get the game, to expand the game. And so that's who's behind it. So if the NFL's behind it, does that mean that the NFL's going to say, owners, players, you're a, Pat, you're in the Olympics. Congratulations. Micah, you're in. Travis Kelsey, you're in. Tyreek, you're in. Um, <laughs> Cooper Cup, you're in. I mean, are you kidding me? Are you kidding? But they may push it. And the only thing I'm going to say is it's all cute and funny and you know we're all going to make jokes about it and it'll be must-watch if it's Tyreek Hill and Patrick Mahomes. I mean, it, we'll have to watch it. And then somehow, someway, about the moment that Travis Kelsey rolls his knee is the end of this sport as we know it. Okay? There will be no gold medal ceremony. It will be full-on depression. If I pay you $40 million a year, I don't want you playing flag football. I don't want you skiing. I don't want you playing pickup basketball. I, I know in the world you might get hurt working out, but you're not going to play anything that might put you at risk if I had any say. I think it's dumb. It's dumb physically for the NFL, and I think it's not going to go anywhere fast. I don't think it really matters, but I don't know. Do you want to see them play? Do you? And if you were their boss and you were writing the big checks, would you really want them out there running around with, uh, I don't you know, it's, uh, let's see, um, some Irish dude chasing around Tyreek Hill? Is that really what you want? He doesn't even know what he's doing. He's never played flag football in his life, and he's going to go for his knees. Is that what you want? Jeff Ward, weekdays on 102.7 ESPN. All right, way to go, Smoker Voice. Uh, on Twitter, it's at, I'm sorry, on X, whatever it's called this week, at Jeff Ward Show. It's funny, I, I don't have a problem with this. I, I like the feistiness. I don't think that I mentioned anything political. I'll, I will do it. I am happy to do it. I am a full-on political anarchist, just so you know. If you're looking for a definition, you could say Jeff Ward's a political anarchist. Um... But I didn't think that I went political, but some of you seem to think I went political, so let's fight. Uh, first up, you've got this. <laughs> uh, at Jeff Ward's show, Texas has the most self-righteous right-wing politicians. It's not at all a righteous state. Hey, bud. You may want to try to listen a little bit to some sarcasm. 
I think this is in response to me. I don't. I may have done it the past twenty minutes. If not, I'll do it five minutes from now. Me saying, bragging about the people at the Capitol, me bragging about Dan Patrick, me bragging about the Winston Churchill of our time, Ken Paxton. You do know I'm kidding, right? My God, man. We are, we, we've, we, we make an attempt to take fascism to a new level here in this state. We take, we take hypocrisy politically and put it on steroids in this state. So, I, 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 again, I like the feistiness. I'm glad that you're mad at me for any reason, but please, surely you've sensed some of the sarcasm. <laughs> so he was mad, I guess mad, that I was bragging about your political heroes at the Capitol. But thank you for listening. Uh, at Jeff Ward Show. Your rant against the commissioner of the NFL is at best ironic, at worst political. The fact is, during his leadership, regardless of how you define it, the salaries of players in the NFL have skyrocketed way beyond just about any collective group on this planet. Well, um, yeah. Political. What, am I, what, what was political about my rant on the commissioner? What? What would it be? What is what is the politics of calling Roger Goodell a puppet? I will challenge anyone to tell me that I'm wrong. He works for the owners. They rehired him. That's the point. Where are you seeing irony, doofus? There's no irony to that. That is the way it is. Um, and I don't know what the politics... There's no politics to that. There's none. Yes, the players are... Let me take the player's perspective at the NFL, and this is coming from a guy who's been involved in a strike. Business has never been better for them. They are paid by a collective bargaining agreement. They are paid a percentage of designated revenues. Revenues, merchandise, platform and broadcast rights, um, ticket sales, their percentage of that is higher than ever, so they're wealthier than ever. As a player, you're making more money than ever before. Did Raj do that? Not really. In fact, I will tell you that, and it's their own fault. It's the player's fault. The players don't make as much as they should. And I know you're going to think I'm crazy when I say that, and you're going to accuse me of some sort of politics, how I don't know. But the players should make more. If you're looking at it as a commission job, or you're looking at it as a revenue-sharing job, they should get a better, bigger deal. They should. Raj is very good at making sure they don't get a bigger deal. They're very bad at making sure they get a better deal. But Raj works for the most powerful cartel on the planet. Please tell me I'm wrong on that. Please, I dare you. I dare someone to tell me I'm, those are not the 32 most powerful people on the planet who get whatever they want, including the naked guy who should have gone to jail. You kidding? So that's political? No, no. Yes, the players are wealthy. The reason why the rosters aren't bigger is because the players are greedy. The owners are even greedier. But Roger Goodell does not work with the players. He works for the owners. The owners and the players want the business to do as well as possible so they can all make money. The players don't make as much as they should. There. I, I don't see the politics of that. Um, 
But, okay. Look, don't tell me that the reason why he's rehired is because he's been so righteous and fair with the players. And he was so, you know, he was so, he handled the concussion lawsuit so well. He handled Ray Rice beating his fiance so well. No, he is rehired to cover the ass of the rich guys. Got it? That's what he does. And then he pays people off and they go away. Mostly like Colin Kaepernick, but he kind of came back. But he took the money anyway. So, like I said, I like the feistiness, but man, come on. Don't, you can't see politics in that. You, you really are. Um, you're, you're looking for a fight that doesn't exist. Uh, Micah Parsons, who wants to play in the Olympics, has gone to an interesting place as well. Um, Micah Parsons has a podcast, which means he just rants. I guess that's what we all do. So Micah Parsons is one of the... Is he the best defensive player in the NFL right now? Probably. Is he one of the three best defensive players in the game right now and has been over the past two years? Absolutely. He is soon to be the highest paid defensive player of all time. Right now, the highest paid defensive player is the 49ers rush end, uh, Joey Bosa. That'll soon be Micah Parsons. Micah Parsons is flat out great at what he does. He's just great. Um, I, I, I hope the shelf life for Micah Parsons is long because I look at him sort of like I do J.J. Watt. Everyone is chasing the career of Lawrence Taylor, who I believe is the most impactful football player of all time. You can't say great. I'm saying impactful. The guy wrecked games and influenced games unlike any player in my lifetime. So I think they're all chasing the greatness of Lawrence Taylor over time. I thought J.J. Watt was on his way. I really thought there was a time period that J.J. Watt, and he was, he was. He just couldn't stay healthy enough. He was on his way to the greatest defensive career of any player, including Lawrence Taylor, but he couldn't stay healthy. Um, it's just, they can't, they can't do it anymore. So I don't know. I mean, maybe Micah Parsons lasts long enough that the conversation a few years from now is that's the greatest pass rusher of all time. Okay, either way, Micah Parsons is, you can't dispute how great he is. You can't. He's the most important player for the Dallas Cowboys, period, end of story. If you saw the game the other night, it was 2017. He didn't even show up that much, oddly enough, in that game until, you know, in the end when it really mattered and he nailed the quarterback and it's game over. But Micah Parsons, are you okay with the rant you're about to hear from Micah Parsons on his podcast? It's getting a lot of play, a lot of action, and I think it's getting a lot of play and a lot of action because people love to hate on the Cowboys because they're always news. So are you okay with what you're, are you okay when you hear it? Two parts to this. Do you agree with him? Okay. And should he have gone here sitting in his underwear at his place in Dallas? I just don't condone the bashing of Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys and have the same energy for the Eagles. We want the same energy for everybody because there's a whole bunch of bashing when it's Dak Prescott, but not the same when it's the Eagles. I got time today. A lot of people said the Browns defense was overhyped. I said the Browns are the real deal. Acho said this, which pissed me off. I'm not worried about the 49ers. They were missing Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel. The Browns were missing Deshaun Watson, Nick Chubb. They were missing 
missing them key factors before the game even started. So why is it that we are just scrubs and we're nobodies that don't deserve to be on the field and we're just all talk? But there's a hundred excuses for these other these other teams. If y'all just want to hate Cowboys Nation, just say y'all hate Cowboys Nation. I'm tired of people trashing my quarterback. I'm tired of people trashing my team. And that's why I had nothing to say to the media this week. You want to hear me talk? Come to hear me talk on The Edge Monday night. And that's point blank period. I just... <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, you're in the media business. Look at you, driving some downloads, stuff like that. Um, yeah. Okay, so he's ranting all by himself that there's a, there's a, I think he's trying to say there's a double standard. And I don't think he makes a bad argument, actually. Cowboys uh, lose, get blown out, and it's just relentless. Cowboys beat the Chargers, and it's relentless. Dak Prescott throws a bunch of picks. It's relentless. He's saying, you pick on us, you rip us far more than you do anyone else. That's what he's saying. And he's whining about it, to be honest. I don't think it's a great idea, but I don't think he's wrong. I don't. I agree with him. He's right. Now, he's good enough to handle the blowback, and he's good enough to back it up, and he's good enough where no one's going to say, that's it, kid, shut up. Now, if I were his boss, I really wouldn't want him going there because it, it, it just doesn't play well. Nobody does nor should have any tolerance for anyone in that business complaining about complainers. You're in show business, man. Stop whining about the complainers. That said, he's right. I mean, what, what he... His take on it, I think it's right. I do I do think you, the public and certainly the media is, uh, myself included at times, is so hypersensitive to good and bad with the Dallas Cowboys that it is a everything they do wrong is is blown up. I'm I agree. Then again, your quarterback did throw the most interceptions in the NFL last season, man. Okay? But mostly what he said, you're not freaking out on the Eagles. Okay? You're not freaking out on the, on the 49ers. They got beat by the Browns without Deshaun Watson. Is it a good idea that he goes here? What do you think? Do you find, do you agree with him at all? Are you okay with it at all? I, I don't think I don't think you're I don't think you're gonna tolerate it well. I don't. I don't think anyone is. Um, but I, I do as a criticism of, of people that not being quite objective, I think that's a fair point. I just don't think you need to hear from him. The tone probably doesn't help either. L- listen to this. He does sound he's hyper, he's excited, and he's whining. I just don't condone the bashing of Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys and have the same energy for the Eagles. We want the same energy for everybody because there's a whole bunch of bashing when it's Dak Prescott, but not the same when it's the Eagles. I got time today. A lot of people said the Browns defense was overhyped. I said the Browns are the real deal. Acho said this, which pissed me off. I'm not worried about the 49ers. They were missing Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel. The Browns were missing Deshaun Watson, Nick Chubb. They were missing 
missing them key factors before the game even started. So why is it that we are just scrubs and we're nobodies that don't deserve to be on the field and we're just all talk? But there's a hundred excuses for these other these other teams. If y'all just want to hate Cowboys Nation, just say y'all hate Cowboys Nation. I'm tired of people trashing my quarterback. I'm tired of people trashing my team. And that's why I had nothing to say to the media this week. You want to hear me talk? Come to hear me talk on The Edge Monday night. And that's point blank period. Okay. Uh, well, first of all, it should be pointed out there, Mike. Um, you got your ass handed to you by the 49ers last week. Really, not the best time. Not. It's not going to be well received when you're fresh off an absolute embarrassing ass kicking. Okay. Point number one. Um, I do think people pick on your team more. I do. I do think critics are loud about your team. I don't know of anyone that calls you scrubs. That's ridiculous. Don't say things like, I don't condone. What do you mean you don't condone? You're doing a podcast. What are you talking about? You can, Of course you don't condone it. No one cares. Uh, not a good use. But he's right about the overreactions. What Micah Parsons should have said, I actually shouldn't say any of that stuff. Mike, I think you're making enough where you don't need the podcast. I do. I'll do it with you, though, if you want to. I'll, I'll do a show with you. But I I do think people are on the... I mean, the Cowboys are just a bigger story, always. They are they are fun to hate. And what he needs to say, the reason why he, he probably can't comprehend why people hate on them so much, why do you think people hate on the Cowboys so much? Honest question to all of you. Why do you think... I mean, they are... The first thing, if I get on the treadmill at 7 a.m., which I hate to do on Tuesdays, but I have to. They are the, I mean, it doesn't matter what the game is like. They're in a nondescript 20 to 17 boring football game. And they are the topic, first topic out on ESPN. The next show, the next show, the next show, the next show. They are barstool conversation always, no doubt about it. That's true. It's good for my business, too. So that I think he's right about. Now, why is it you think all of you listening right now, if you agree with that statement, you can disagree, but I think that part is true. They're the football chum in the water. Why do you think that is? It's not Micah Parsons. I don't think it's even Dak Prescott. One of the nicest guys there is publicly, there is very few people as buttoned up as Dak Prescott. Why do you think people hate that team? I'll give you a hint. Old, wears a diaper, his face cracks. That's why people hate that team. I'm serious. I, that's what I think. People don't hate on Micah Parsons. He's great. Dak Prescott is hyper-criticized. No, I'm not going to say that. Because uh, he deserves a lot of it. But he is, he, they are the topic of the day because of the owner. That is the one constant through the years is people enjoy hating on Jerry. If I were co-hosting, what's the name of the show? The Edge? Oh boy, let's do better than that, man. And I don't know what that background is. Not that my background is great, but yours is really stupid. Um... But if I were co-hosting the show with Micah Parsons, hopefully he doesn't hit me in the face. That would end badly. But I would say, hey, Mike, 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 they don't hate you. Nobody hates you. You seem like a, you're a megastar. They hate your boss. So I dare you to say my boss is the problem. 
My boss is the reason why my quarterback is constantly ripped. My boss, who is an irritating and sufferable old man, my boss is the reason why America talks about us all the time and looks for any chance for any mistake to rip us. My boss is the reason for the hate. Make sure you check out the Jeff Ward Show podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.